When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis. I am the editor of the ETC Network, and I'm here to discuss another Auburn men's basketball game, this time, sadly, a loss to NC State in Raleigh, North Carolina, by the score of 71-78. to Your Auburn Tigers fall to the NC State Wolfpack. This drops their record to 9-2 and overall in the year. And here to discuss all of the details from this game, some of them very ugly details, I have brought along my friend and co-host, Clint Richardson, of the Auburn Uniform Database and our content manager for the site. Clint, I want you to hold back as much as you can on these refs. Just just, just keep it in as much as you can. I'm going to give you a chance to rant, but just simmer down for the first part of this. I don't want to do this, Kyle. <laughs> You know, let's be honest. You got a little bit of your frustrations out on Twitter before we got on here. So I think you at least somewhat are under control now. <clears throat> yeah. Just just don't come after me. Just don't come at me, <laughs> don't, bro. Don't don't come at me with a stupid argument or else I'll put you in your place. <laughs> and I, then don't don't delete your tweets and change your Twitter handle and block me. That's not how this works. I knew I was egging him on a little bit, but I didn't think it was going to be to that extent. <laughs> Uh, we will have what will probably be our very first official ref rant session. We used to do that a lot in the early days of the Bruce Pearl era where we were trying to find ways to win games. Uh, now, where the losses come few and far between, uh, these moments come few and far between as well. So we'll get to that in a second. We still um, need to get a soundbite for that. You know, we do. And I, if the listener out there wants to come up with a great soundbite for that or a little, little ding, I don't know what you would call it, just a, a musical tune to signify that segment i would love that so that is your homework (laughs) listeners come up with that and i promise you we will use it so before we get into all that stuff clint let's talk about this it was a night of unfortunate events for auburn and it started before they even got into the arena auburn's going to raleigh north carolina but apparently they can't even get into the gym to do their shoot around and warm-ups and all that the normal routine that they would do before a game a couple of hours before tip-off do you? Ha- what are the details on that? What happened? Uh, I didn't know about this until they were talking about it on the broadcast. And so, NC State is located in downtown Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, <clears throat> their basketball arena is not technically on campus. It's you know like a lot of schools do. It's like what South Carolina does with their football campus or football stadium. It's just a, it's about a mile off campus. I think NC State's about three miles from campus, and they actually play in the same arena as the Carolina Hurricanes, the the hockey program. And <clears throat> apparently, they had graduation there today. So 
congrats to all the NC State students, but shame on the lack of communication there because, I mean, this game could have been played tomorrow. <laughs> it or, could have been played the next day or this weekend or something could have been changed So uh, when this whole thing was scheduled so that we didn't have to deal with that. But so whatever. it sounds like a communication issue to me. Well, I think it goes a little bit beyond a communication issue. And I'm not trying to delve too much into conspiracy here, but I think the term you and I coined it before we got on here was gamesmanship. You cannot tell me that this is something that should have and could have been told to Auburn before they arrived. Because it sounds like Bruce Pearl was very upset about it, from what I understand, and wasn't aware of it. So I think, you know, I'm never going to blame a loss on something as stupid as not being able to shoot or do your shoot-around before the game in the place that you're going to be playing. But it's still kind of ironic and a little too convenient that you can't do that and that wasn't expressed to you or told to you before you arrive. you find that a little convenient? Well, I don't want to assume on how any of this happened. Um, I think you can get to some dangerous areas when you start doing that. But, um, you know, and I think if it did happen to turn out that way, uh, they didn't let Auburn know about this incident, then I think that goes beyond gamesmanship. Gamesmanship is part of the sport. It's you know, casual things that might give you a leg up or your opponent a lead down. It's not this. This is this goes a little bit further than that, I would think, if it turns out to be that way. And and I hope it doesn't. But I, I hope so too, because it would be very unfortunate. I I don't want to think of that way towards a program that Jim Valvano built up and I, I'd hate to have that happen. So we're we're not gonna act like this is the reason we lost the game, but it still is just it's really weird. It was an interesting kind of storyline based upon how Auburn performed the rest of the game. So let's get into how actually Auburn performed or not performed really, to be honest with you. And normally this is kind of where we go through we ask a couple of questions, some stats, and I'm just I'm getting sick looking at them, Clint, and I have to ask the question before we even start, is this a complete game? Oh gosh, no. <laughs> and why do you say that? I don't think Auburn played a complete minute. <laughs> you would not be incorrect in saying that. I There were moments during this game uh, where I kept jumping off the couch every 30 seconds. And uh, my wife, Jessica, at one point asked, I, or she said, I didn't realize your voice could go that high-pitched because I was screaming, what are we doing? What What are we doing? And... There were new levels that my voice has never reached before because of the amount of absurdity that was going on on that court. I mean, Clint, what? It's not the shoot around thing. What was going on with Auburn in this game? I, I don't know. You know, I, you probably t- hit on it for the UAB recap, but with finals being over and now it's nothing but basketball and and Christmas, it's. I guess there's a little bit of rust. There's a lack of concentration, probably. Um, but Auburn, you know, the the UAB game, although I missed the first 10 minutes as we were trying to get into the arena, um, <clears throat> just seemed like Auburn just couldn't get going. This game was entirely different because Auburn just wasn't allowed to get going. They, as soon as the ball was tipped, they just ran into a buzzsaw. NC State did a fantastic job of, just guarding Auburn as tightly as possible. Auburn couldn't even get cross, you know, barely between the 
the the timeline and the three point arc without wasting a couple of seconds off the shot clock because they were just being guarded so heavily. And <clears throat> I mean, good defense is exhausting, both on the offensive players and the defensive players, and and both teams have to be exhausted. Just just the way NC State played and the way Auburn was just overwhelmed by it. You know, I think <clears throat> NC State really put together a game plan that exposes Auburn. And this combined with the UAB game, the way you beat Auburn is now on tape. And it's up to Bruce and his coaching staff to adjust and to defeat these counters that teams are throwing at them now. Two things that I want to come off of what you just said there. I think they're both great points. And one of them is something I, I it kind of leads into something I talked about after the UAB game. Uh, the first one is I want to give credit where credit is due. NC State came to play. And they played great defense. They shot well. They deserve to have been ranked in this game, even though they weren't. And they will clearly be ranked now. The question is, bigger question is, where how far will Auburn fall? Because I hope they'll take into account that this is an, a night that Auburn probably won't ever have again this season, hopefully. And the fact that it was on the road in a very hostile environment. And all the other shenanigans that went on before this game. Anyway... Credit to NC State. They did a great job figuring out how to beat this Auburn team, watching how UAB gave Auburn struggles. And the other side of that I will say, Clinton, this is what I talked about in the UAB review. Even though Auburn is exposing the way to beat them, and this is the silver lining, they are showing signs of trying to not get into the old habits of just throwing up threes to try to get out of it. And tonight, had it not been for the turnovers that might have ended up differently. I don't know if you're seeing the same thing I am, but I see Auburn starting to truly focus more on the inside game when they're starting to struggle from the three-point line as opposed to just keep throwing it up. Yeah, I think I think watching this game as a whole, it's really easy to just see the negatives. This was a sloppy game. Nothing was falling. Uh, Auburn made a lot of mistakes mentally and things just didn't go Auburn's way. That's life, that's sports, that's basketball, that's how this is going to go. And as Auburn fans, you should be used to it by now. Um, (laughs) But there are a lot of good things to have come out of this. Um, And I agree. Auburn's strength has been the three-point play this year. To shoot as well as they have, I think they said on the broadcast that Auburn has averaged – 11 three-pointers a game this year and you know that's that's just an insane number but when that's not working when a defense is able to shut down your primary scoring opportunities you have to find a way to keep scoring so Auburn just kept driving to the basket and and you know there was Jared Harper did a great job doing that Chumo Kiki did great doing that um Javon McCormick played fantastic driving to the basket that's how he got 14 points and you know you just there out of those there were still a couple of opportunities to finish Bryce Brown played terribly and lost the ball multiple times underneath the basket if a few of those turnovers came out with points this isn't a seven point game this is a much tighter game and you know, and then you've got Daniel Purifoy trying to come back and get a couple of minutes, and um, you know Austin Wiley still trying to get some good footing under him. And while Auburn struggled overall, 
there were still some good points to come out of this. And I think you cannot diminish the fight that this Auburn team has. I mean, it's, it's easy for the fans to throw in the towel and to check Twitter and see the demeanor of the fans. But when you look up and it's a five point game with 45 seconds to go, this team's still in it and they're still playing to win. Right. And they were just in the position at that point where they had to start throwing up threes and hoping that they were going to go in because I mean, that was what was going to get them at that point of the game back into it completely. Um, looking at some of these stats here, Clint, you want to talk about ugly? You just look at the stat board right here. Uh, 30 for 62 from the field for Auburn, 48.8%. Now, when you look at the percentage, it doesn't look that bad, but when you watched it live, it felt a lot worse. Here's the uglier one. 5 of 25 from three-point land. That's 20%. Free throws, Clint. Do I need to say anything else? Favorite. 6 for 12, 50%. You make a couple more of those. Who knows what happened? Uh, we did win the rebound margin, thirty-seven to thirty. We well, tied in the assist. Like it. <laughs> it didn't feel like it. Uh, assist. We both had thirteen. Auburn again continues to dominate the defensive categories of steals with eleven and three here. For, uh, three for blocks. Turnovers. And this is the difference. <laughs> this is the difference in the game tonight. And when you look at this, it should be a lot more of a discrepancy here with Auburn having a lot more 25 for Auburn. I think that's a record high for them and 22 for the Wolfpack, not that far apart. So had Auburn had a little bit more control of the ball in this game, I think we're going home with the W. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I think so too. And, you know, to go back to, to Bryce, um, Bryce Brown had six turnovers on his own. And I know you enjoy this at one point, the students started chanting butterfingers to, to Bryce because he, you know, a bounce pass in the paint to Bryce just slipped off his fingers. It, it just shouldn't have happened that way. And when you've got every single starter having recorded a turnover and then Jared Harper with four, Samir Dowdy with three, and Bryce with six, and then Austin Wiley on his own with four, it's, it's hard to, to fight back with that. And the way Auburn played – they really should have gotten beaten by 15 to 20. Yeah. But even as well as NC State shot, they still played incredibly sloppy too. And there were times where I really was hoping that Auburn was going to be able to take advantage of those. You saw a couple of um, series back and forth that both teams were just losing the ball. Auburn was able to do something or whatever. And it just never turned into the run Auburn needed. And, and you know, Auburn played really good defense at times. There were multiple times where Auburn held NC State to a last second on the shot clock shot. And, you know, when it when it falls and, and you're already playing good defense, what more can you ask? I will give uh, continue to give a lot of credit to this NC State team. And, and I guess the question I want to ask you, Clint, is do you, do you consider them one of the top three teams that we played in the non-conference? Oh, absolutely. This team is is a lot better than Arizona, I think. Um, and they they're nobody's going to be on the Duke level, and that was definitely one of the best games that Auburn has played. But um, they're they should definitely have been ranked for this game, I think, and no doubt that they will be afterwards. Now, well, when you take down the top ten team, 
that usually does help your case just a little bit in this. That's um, true. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think they were very good in this game, and, I, and now we have to be fans of NC State. And here's the, and again, I'm trying to bring the Pollyanna in here a little bit. Silver lining, our two losses are to the then number one Duke team and what's probably going to be a very good rest of the season NC State team at this point. So I know it's it sucks right now with the, the kind of high we've been on with Auburn basketball, but you've got to take that a step back and think about it that way, that our two losses come against decent teams, and both were on the road. We haven't lost to, let's say, Murray State, one would, at home. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, it could. I want to come back to the something, though, here, and if we're trying to continue to bring positive stuff to this, you already mentioned his name. Javon McCormick had an outstanding game tonight, and I was concerned for him as the season went along with Daniel Purifoy coming back. Would he be one of those that is kind of lost into the fold in terms of playing time? And tonight he showed that when the other guards are struggling, he deserves to be given an opportunity to shine. Absolutely, and you you almost have to question why Bryce Brown – with the struggles that he had on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, six turnovers and only three points, why did Bryce get 26 minutes? And Javon, who was six of seven and had 14 points and only one turnover, why did he only get 17 minutes? So there's a little bit of management that I think could have been a little bit better at that point from the Auburn coaching staff. And, and hopefully that that you know they they keep a track on that, and if Bryce is struggling again or anybody else on this team is starting to struggle, that they throw in somebody like Javon, and hopefully they can spark that change that that Auburn needs to keep into this game. Because without without McCormick, th- this game is not anywhere close to the the final score. Yeah, he was our top scorer tonight, fourteen. And let me let me point this out to you, Clint. All our <laughs> top scores were coming off the bench. Austin Wiley with 13, Malik Dunbar with 12. And then it's Jared Harper with his 11, and the top scores after that are 7 and 7. That's Samir Dowdy and Chuma Okiki. So we are clearly in a scoring drought right now, especially when the bench players are the ones that are all in the league in scores. I love having bench production, but your starters, especially I see somebody with a zero right there, Anthony McElmore. We love to love on Anthony. But we've got to see some more production from him because he's been very silent when it comes to scoring this year. Yeah, Anthony has has struggled, and I don't know if it's just he's taken his his ankle injury very gingerly. We saw that in the first game. Um, got a little tweaked, and he seemed to be kind of scared. I know everybody else was. Um, Anthony only had 13 minutes, and then your guy Horace only had seven, and. I just imagine that's because of matchups that neither of those guys got a lot of minutes. And Dan Gell also had eight minutes and didn't really show much again this week or this game, just like the UAB game. So, you know, I, I would like to see Javon and Malik and Austin get a couple more minutes out of that, especially when the other guys aren't really productive. You know, Anthony just didn't show up on the, on the scoreboard much whatsoever and Bryce was completely ineffective so and and I'll always appreciate Bryce for trying to shoot himself out of a slump but as a head coach at some point there has to be a final straw and say no more you're just gonna 
you're either going to sit on the bench or you're going to be a facilitator and, and you got to put the rest of this team in the best position to, to keep scoring and to stay in this game. You brought up Agent Zero, my favorite player, Horace Spencer. I look at his minutes, the few that he got, and then, at, you know, like, look at production-wise proportion to his minutes, and he has one of the more productive games based on minutes and what he did. You know, he got four so points. Uh, except what? I think so, too. Oh, you think so, too, just because of... You know, the points, the rebounds, he got five of those. Three of them were offensive rebounds. And he he continues to come in and give a spark in some ways, even if it's only for a minute. Malik Dunbar does something very similar there, uh, whether it's hitting a three, kind of doing an emotional play. I don't necessarily agree with what got him the uh, the flagrant one in this game, but I felt like it was kind of necessary at the moment. I kind of cheered him on for kind of doing a little bit of showmanship just to kind of get the team, hey, snap out of it. We've got to, we're better than this. And it, it worked for a time, but then slowly but surely it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you this. I think that that was the lousiest flagrant one call in the history and here we go. of basketball. Um, and this is your ref, Rand. Go with it. You know, I, I absolutely adore that play by Malik Dunbar. Don't give up any easy points. You saw that kid coming from a good while away, and he was planning on slamming that thing. Don't give it to him. There's no way he should be able to have an easy score on your bucket. And to to stop the game, that wasn't even five minutes into the game, if I remember correctly, and to stop it and get go to the monitor and... You know, if you wanted to call a flater at one because he stared the kid down for barely any time whatsoever, I might have been okay with that. But to call excessive contact is absurd. And, I mean, you even saw the commentators flipping out as, um, I think it was McCormick got tossed to the side as he's running down the court by one of the NC State players. That wasn't a as, toss, Clint. That was a form tackle. <laughs> you know, and I was I was talking to my fiance right before we started recording this, and she said, "Was it like a football takedown?" I said, "No, this play wouldn't have been legal in football." And the official <laughs> was staring at the play, and he made some like hand gesture to say, "Oh, it's okay." And I'm like, "How is that okay? That's yeah, not okay in points, football." He points to it as if you know, like you said, to say it's okay, or to at the very least acknowledge that he saw it. And that's absurd. There was a play later in the second half. I think it was actually Jared Harper who was sitting in the paint. And I guarantee he was outside of the restricted circle. He gets run over like a Mack truck. No call. Both of those calls warrant a whistle, no matter who you call it on. But to let both of those go is absurd to me. And it, it really felt like, NC State was going to have to bring out their football team and had their O-linemen sit on Jared Harper before any foul was actually called. And I know they were called for fouls, and God knows people will think that I'm blaming this loss on the officials, but that's not the case. <laughs> you can be upset with the officials and still claim that Auburn didn't play well enough to win the game, and that's exactly where I'm sitting. But Teddy Valentine does not need to be calling basketball games ever again. Was that Teddy Valentine? That was TV Teddy. Oh, God. No wonder <laughs> it was so make, bad. 
much more sense. Oh, it makes so you know, complete I think sense it was now. the I think it was the Bid 10 who cut their contract with him. So maybe we're going to have to see more of him this year as he doesn't have another conference to go call. When you have a major conference cut your contract, that should tell you something. At some point you should say, hey, maybe I'm doing something a little off. And maybe I should make it a little bit better. But at last, TV Teddy just likes to get on TV. And he does it very well. Well, um, and, and did you notice who was at the monitor while they were checking that flagrant call? I didn't. None other than Mr. TV Teddy Valentine. Mm, convenience. So, so now he, it's come he full got circle. His, he got his TV time. And, oh my gosh, I'm just... <sighs> All I right. don't. I don't get it. Kyle. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> All right, you did well during your ref rant there. You didn't go off too bad. You kind of, there was a moment Breathe. there. I thought you were going to go off, but hey, breathing exercises. <laughs> breathe in and breathe out. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's enough discussion tonight about the NC State loss. Uh, we do have an opportunity to rebound in fine fashion in Auburn Arena. We're going to be taking on Murray State, the Racers, in our next game at home it's gonna be at 4 30 p.m eastern time on the sec network this saturday the 22nd um auburn has a nine and two record right now and it will be an eight and one murray state team coming in now you look at those records you think oh two decent teams and i would always argue for murray state never taking them for granted but you look at their schedule and their loss is to an alabama team Who's not doing so well in basketball thus far in the season? And their best win, I would argue, is against Middle Tennessee State. I don't see a lot here, especially with it being a home game to be afraid of, Clint. But is there any reason I should be worried? Oh, absolutely. It's Murray State. They're they're one of the best programs in the Ohio Valley Conference, and and I can't, I don't know who this team is that. Uh, the Spalding Pelicans. You ever heard of them? <laughs> no. <laughs> They're a Division Three team, and they got destroyed by Murray State, a hundred and six to thirty six. Do they play St. Peter's Peacocks? <laughs> I hope so. It was sixty two to thirteen at halftime. This team can score points, and their star player Jay Morant is a six three hundred and seventy five pound sophomore. He leads Murray State in all three major categories with 23 points per game, seven rebounds per game, and nearly 10 assists per game. So I know you love predictions, and you know I hate mine, but I'm going to throw you out a bold one that all right. that Jay Morant is getting his double-double against Auburn. I wouldn't be surprised if he does, especially when you have a team which seems like this is the case here that is shaped around especially just one player. Um, he's so, getting his fourth double-double against Auburn. But if he's the only one that goes off, though, oh. and we keep everybody else in check, I think we're going to be okay. Now, granted, I, I do want to take Murray State seriously. The yeah. thing that I feel better about, though, is that we're not playing at Murray State. You and I just lamented over last season going to Murray State, and we saw how close it was there. So I feel better about this, and I think this is just what the doctor's ordering for Auburn, especially while they're in a shooting slump, especially with so many other players that are kind of in a slump themselves. They need to get back to Auburn with a big crowd, hopefully, that will be there during the holidays and get them pumped up, excited again that we still believe in them and that we can push them forward to the end of non-conference and to get started on SEC play here. So 
I'm really looking forward to this game. Do not dismiss Murray State, but I'm hoping that we're going to have a win by the end. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is going to be another good game, and hopefully this one works out in Auburn's favor that they can just you know more or less coast to a victory and give Dan Jell more than eight minutes of playing time and, and kind of work him back into this and, and get guys like Bryce out of their shooting slump. Here, real quick, I love predictions with you. Over under 10 minutes of playing time for Daniel Purifoy. Under. Under 10 minutes? Yep. Wow, I was going to say over on that one, but I was right last time, if you recall. I said under 15 for his initial debut. So maybe you should start. <laughs> what did, what did he end up last week with? What's or, that? Or what did he end up the UAB game with? Seven. I think minutes. it was seven. Okay, so seven and eight. It's not. It's not trending very well for the over right there. It's not. But I believe <clears throat> in this team and in them giving him more opportunities to get in there and get the rust knocked off of him. So hopefully we'll see a lot more of Dangel. Hopefully we'll see a lot more shooting and good shooting against Murray State. Before we get out of here, let's give our contact information. You can find me on. Twitter at TigerEye24. Where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24 and check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database at AuburnUniforms.com. That's all we have for you in this edition of Inside the Jungle. But until we see you again, War Eagle. Go Spalding Pelicans! Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?